Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off a very busy hour number three, final hour of the show, final hour of the week here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And we start off this hour talking a little Vegas Vipers. You can hear all their home games right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Matter of fact, my man DeMond Cotton is actually on the call with Harry Ruiz, but they are on the road this week taking on the D.C. Defenders. And right now, join us on the phone lines as they're starting defensive back, Mr. Harry L., Vegas Vipers DB. And, Mr., thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And I know the Vegas Vipers haven't gotten off to the start that you guys want sitting there at 0-3, have a very tough team to face in the defenders this week, but what has been the mood like in practice with Coach Woodson and, and your defensive unit as well, just getting prepared for this week's game? Um, first off, thank you for having me. Um, but going into this week, I mean, I feel like the team is hungry. Um, obviously, you know, we've been in a, a lot of close games. Um, you know, we feel like we should be 3-0, but, you know, we're very hungry to get that first victory. Um, it's, a, it's a long season, so we know we got to keep fighting and just keep going. You know, and uh, Coach Woodson has told us that he really has been stressing playing four quarters, playing a complete game instead of just taking, you know, maybe a half off or a quarter off or whatever the case may be. Is that kind of the theme again this week is just make sure you're playing start to finish? Yes. Um, we just got to make sure we go out there and uh, play all four quarters, um, give it everything we got. Can't play three quarters. Can't play one half. We just got to go out and finish the game. And, Mr. Harry L. Vegas Vipers DB is joining us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. You guys have already played the D.C. Defenders earlier this season. So what are some of those takeaways that you can bring into this game coming up on Saturday? Um, we just got um, to gotta play physical. We got um, stick to stick to the script. Um, we have a good game plan. You know, we got to stop the run, stop the pass. And on offense, you know, we got to put up points, go out there and execute. So I feel like um, nothing changes. I feel like we beat ourselves, but we just got to go out there and correct those mistakes and we'll come out on top. Has there already been some talk with teams building up their fan bases that maybe this D.C. Defenders crowd (laughs) is going to be the most raucous crowd that you guys are going to go in as the away team? Um, Yeah, I've heard that. But at the end of the day, you know, when we get on the field, we got to block all that noise out. At the end of the day, it's football. I mean, we really don't hear too much when we're on the field. I know I don't. So, I mean, we just got to go out there and do what we got to do, take care of business. What is it like when you guys are practicing in Arlington and then you're traveling or you're returning here to Vegas to play the home games? Have you found that to be challenging yet, or is that just kind of is what it is? Um, At this point, it is what it is. But at the same time, it's like um, it's a road game every week, no matter if we go home to Vegas or if we're going to um, play in Arlington or if we're playing in San Antonio, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it feels like a road game no matter what. But no excuses. Um, both teams got to go through the same thing. So you got to go out there and execute. And also last week, not, excuse me, two weeks ago, with De'Ara King, that switch that they made at halftime to bring him in at QB, how much of it is the emphasis going to be on the run game for even you guys as the DBs with De'Ara King back there this week? Oh, um, obviously De'Ara King is a good quarterback. Um, he has some success in the ACC. We know that he came in, um, he, he can change the game. I mean, his ability to be able to run and throw the ball um, helps the D.C. defenders. 
So we just know we got to lock in and keep them run and, uh, you know, stick to our keys. We'll be perfectly fine. So last week when you see them guys get into a fight with the Battle Hawks, are you guys watching that? Maybe they're a little thin-skinned, or does that go into your mind at all that, hey, they got some players missing now due to suspension for fighting? Um, yeah, we. I mean, obviously for us, we got to stay disciplined. We got to control what we can control. We can't, you know, the second person is always going to get caught. So for us, you know, if anything like that happens, we just got to know, you know, to get back. And, you know, we can't put ourselves in those positions. We can't lose anybody. You know, everybody's important on this team. So we just got to stay disciplined. Vegas Vipers starting defensive back. Mr. Harry L is joining us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Necessary Roughness. They have a game this upcoming Saturday against the D.C. Defenders. For you, what is this opportunity like? I mean, you were part of the Nighthawks right here in Vegas last year. Now you're part of the Vipers right here in Vegas. First of all, Vegas obviously loves you. Maybe your next stop is the Raiders. But what has this whole opportunity been like for you? <laughs> the crazy thing is I, I am a Raider fan for all the Raiders out there. But, <laughs> no, I mean, this is, this is a blessing. Uh, you know, I just thank God for the opportunity. Obviously, playing in arena, um, I enjoyed my time with Coach Mike Davis and the Vegas Nighthawks. Um, but being able to play for the Vegas Vipers, um, like I said, it's a dream come true. And I'm just very fortunate and blessed to be able to be here. I got to ask you about the competition in your household, man, because your whole family is athletic. A lot of hoopers in your in your squad, even going back to your pops, man. What are the kind of competitions like uh, when you were coming up with all your, uh, you know, your family members all being big-time athletes? Um, I mean, it's always competitive. You know, at the dinner table, we always want to see who's the best at the house, no matter if it's racing, board games, basketball, <laughs> no matter what it is. I mean, I just feel like it's always been a challenge, but I feel like that's what helps every last one of us be successful in life. You even got, I mean, what, a sister playing at Stanford. Your girlfriend's actually playing at UNLV. I mean, you, you can't get away from sports, my man. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I, I got two siblings um, in the Pac-12 tournament right now. Um, so, I mean, good luck to both of them. Frankie Collins at ASU and uh, my sister, Janiah Harrier, playing at Stanford. And then, I mean, and my girlfriend playing in the Mountain West. Um, they're probably going to be in the WNIT. So, I mean, it's just always been competitive for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, i got to always come out on top, no matter if it's basketball or football. Devontae Adams, he would all, he was talking a lot last season about those basketball skills and how he's kind of just playing basketball ball out there on the football field. Are there any skills that you were able to take from the court and put them on the football field? Uh, playing the passing way. I mean, for me, being a DB, using my instinct, playing the passing way helps me. Um, also, you know, being able – to guard a good uh, point guard or a shooting guard helps me when I guard receivers and high point the ball like it's a rebound. So, I mean, I feel like for me, basketball translated in the football world for me, and it benefited me. Well, you're still going ahead and benefiting, and you're getting your opportunity now uh, with the Vegas Vipers. Final question for you, mister, as far as this game uh, coming up tomorrow against, uh, against D.C., what is it going to take for you guys to get over the hump and get this W? Um, like Coach Rod said, we got to play all four quarters. I mean, we, we know the talent we have. We know what we're capable of. We play a full game. We'll come out with this victory. Well, I always tell them DBs win games. So go out there and get your hands on the ball, man. Take one back the other way and put some points up on the board for your team, my man.
<laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, appreciate you. There he goes, Mr. Harry L. Vegas Vipers starting defensive back. Uh, he's got a lot of family ties here in the Las Vegas area. Uh, was part of the the Nighthawks, obviously part of the Vipers right now. He said he's a Raider fan, so there you go. He's got family uh, at Coronado, uh, got family at the uh, in the Mountain West, family in the Pac-12. I mean, the dude comes from nothing but a sports background family. So uh, many thanks to him for giving us a few minutes. And are you back on the call next week? Are they back home or are they on the road for a couple weeks in a row? Do you know that? I have the I actually have the schedule over here, but it's too far out of my reach, so I can't grab it. But uh, I've been enjoying uh, Demond, you being on the call, you and Harry. I think you guys are doing a really good job. Of course, all their home games you can hear right here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. So Demond, I'll I'll get to the schedule later. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, <like>, thank you. <laughs> Demond's like, man, I can't find the schedule. Like, thank you, you put me on the spot. Four nine is the ten. Four oh nine is the ten. Coming up next, Matt Fontana, ESPN Cleveland. He'll talk about C.J. Stroud, even though it looks like C.J. Stroud. May go number one overall. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, I think the film speaks for itself. I think I'm inconsistent through uh, my two years of playing. I, I, just, I think that's something I really don't get credit for, but it's not it's not up for me. So uh, my play kind of speaks for itself. Okay, let's get Stroud. See it. There you go. Oh, Look that's that so beautiful. nice. Good Lord. That was beautiful. Throw. That was beautiful. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You just heard from C.J. Stroud. You also heard from Rich Eisen talking about C.J. Stroud throwing at the scouting combine. Came out of the scouting combine in Indianapolis, says C.J. Stroud being my quarterback number one. Sounds like he might be a lot of different people's quarterback number one, including the Carolina Panthers, who made a trade up from number nine all the way up to number one. And who knows who they're going to get. But now all bets are off. They have all options are in their, in their corner, right? They can go with C.J. Stroud. They can go with Bryce Young. They can go with Levitz. They can go with Anthony Richardson. They can go with other if they choose to do that. It is all on them. They are officially on the clock on March 10th, which is very uh, unusual. But here we go. So we've really been throwing out there, throwing the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r How do you think that the Re- Raiders should react to this? Or should they react? They, you know, We've had some really good calls about just stay at number seven and let the chips fall where they may. If all the quarterbacks are gone, not a big deal. Go get one of the really good defense, defensive players, and there's plenty of them, right? There's plenty of guys that, that could, could get it done defensively, and we all know the Raiders need all the help they can get, right? I mean, there's, there's Jalen Carter, obviously, out of Georgia, and he's got a few uh, issues going on where, you know, they need to kind of be cleared up, I believe, before teams move forward with them, but they have plenty of time before the draft. You know, you got Will Anderson out of Alabama who's been there, done that. He's done it on a high level multiple times. You know, you know what he brings to the table. That'd be a nice little bookend with Max Crosby. Uh, bottom line is, one of the real big defenders could actually fall to number seven, and the Raiders not have to do anything and get a, a hell of a player. Tyree Wilson probably has the highest upside. Still has a little bit of questions coming out of Texas Tech, but a big, long, rangy guy that could be bookends with Max Crosby or even take, uh, you know, take a little pressure off Max Crosby and give him a, a, a breather or two every once in a while. That's a, that's a possibility. So there's a lot of different things, a lot of different approaches that the Raiders could make. And look, free agency hasn't even hit. Free agency isn't even until next week. That's why you normally don't see these trades happen this early. There's been a lot of trades when teams have moved up to get a quarterback, and that trade didn't work out very well. They go and get a guy like, a, what, a Sam Darnold? Didn't work out. RG3? Didn't work out. That's just to name a few, right? There's been other, Carson Wentz. You know, there's been, there's been plenty of guys that have been traded up for that just kind of, eh, Mark Sanchez, that was a trade. Didn't really work out, obviously. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of misses when it comes to also trading up for the quarterback. So if the Raiders don't do anything, 
that that could probably be an okay thing as well. Demond is efforting Matt Fontana from ESPN Cleveland, and if he's able to get him, he's able to get him. If it's not, then we'll just keep it moving because we have so much coming up on the show today. Uh, and of course, we want to hear from you. We want you to be able to get as much of uh, your feedback in as possible as we close out the week and close out the show really strong. But joining us now on the phone line from ESPN Cleveland is our guy, Matt Fontana. And Matt, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. And it's been fun sharing the airways with you the past couple nights on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. And I want to get you on to talk about C.J. Stroud as you're right there. You get to see Ohio State all the time. And then all of a sudden Carolina makes this move and looks like C.J. Stroud might be the guy for them at number one. First of all, before we get into this, what did you think of the trade ultimately sending Carolina to number one and Chicago going all the way back to number nine? I was going to say, I'm sure things have changed a little bit there for the Raiders. Um, I think it is for C.J. Stroud. I think it's pretty fair to you, to be honest. Like, you gave up the two ones. It wasn't a third because we go back to other trades that didn't even land you the first overall pick. Washington gave up three first-round picks just to go to two to get RG3. Mm -hmm. So we've seen three first-rounders go before for not the number one. Um, This also, while, again, it sounds like it's for Stroud, and I kind of believe that it is, and with all due respect, I, I think he's going to be very good. This isn't like Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence, where there's like this number one guy, there's no question in anybody's mind that he's going to be the best and that he's also going to be a really good professional. So I think that's another interesting aspect of it, that it's not some guaranteed guy. Uh, but I think it's fair, two ones, two twos. I know people want to say DJ Moore is almost like adding another one to that because he would be a number one wide receiver or probably will be for Chicago. Uh, could be a first-round pick. So I actually think it was pretty fair for both squads. I'm just a little shocked. Chicago went all the way back to nine. Right. Uh, they're going to miss out on Jalen Carter or Will Anderson if they had traded with, like, Indianapolis to go back to three. So Or four, excuse me. Uh, you know, seeing who Arizona will take at three. But, yeah, I was shocked that they went back that far. Yeah, I was as well. And I was also shocked that it's March 10th. And it happened, right? I mean, free agency hasn't even hit yet. Normally, we don't see these kind of trades until closer to draft day or actually on draft day. How surprised were you that it happened this early? I mean, I think off of that, you might want to say that this team's the teams want to know what to do in free agency off of that. Because now, if you're Chicago, you're going to be, I would say, I I don't want to say more aggressive, but now you're kind of saying, like, all right, we got these extra picks. We should have, you know, extra capital later, but for player picks too. Now maybe you take one of those picks and you say, hey, we're going to trade that straight up for a really good player uh, now coming up in free agency. So I think a lot of teams just probably for a move this big might have wanted this done, specifically talking about Chicago and Carolina. Get that done now so that can help maybe map out what they want to do in free agency and then also get the capital uh, for Chicago to do what they need to do. Again, we're talking with Matt Fontana from ESPN Cleveland here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So, Let me ask you about C.J. Stroud anyway. Like I said, he was quarterback number one for me coming out of the combine. Uh, I liked the way that he threw the ball around the yard. And, of course, the one knock on him was that he didn't use his athleticism a lot. But you see Ohio State all the time. What did you see from C.J.? Do you think that he could be that franchise quarterback on the next level for whoever gets him? I do. I think he would have been my first overall pick if I had the number one pick. You know, you and I have discussed I have hesitancy when it comes to Bryce Young just on his size. You know, Stroud's at 6'3", 220 pounds. You're right, he's more athletic than maybe he shows. He's not Justin Fields, I'll tell you that. He's definitely not that from an athleticism standpoint. But he makes up for it. I mean, Q, his intermediate throws that I see, his his boundary throws, 
His you know ball placement is perfect. He finished third or top three in the NCAA last year uh, when it came to passer efficiency. He's up there in yards per attempt, and that's also going back to Ohio State's great wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. would have been the first wide receiver in this draft. He also played the entire season without Jackson Smith and the Jigba, but they have a wide receiver factory down there. So he is throwing to top-level wideouts there. Uh, but still, you, you watch his, his throws, his placement. He's got the deep ball. And I think that's the most important thing uh, that I think he would bring to a team is his ability to stretch the field. You know, he can get <coughs> excuse me some interceptions. I think a lot of the scouting reports I've seen, I also saw a little bit on, on film where he needs to move the safeties a little bit better, just be a little more cognizant of where they're at, especially in the pros. Because in college, you can sometimes get away with that. In pros, you've got to be able to move that safety off or come off of your – uh, first read because sometimes and I get it with Marvin Harrison Jr. might be one of the best forcing him the football led to some interceptions certainly Matt, F- Matt Fontana is our guest from ESPN Cleveland here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness my man DeMond's got one for you do you think too much is being made of CJ Stroud's inability to run the ball last season not so much that he can't run the ball but I've never seen a quarterback have to defend staying in the pocket this much I mean I think it's interesting because you want to, in today's day and age where you're talking about a lot of quarterbacks that need to be able to move the pocket, I think he can move the pocket, which is most important. Uh, he doesn't necessarily kick off and run and pick up a lot of yards, but I, what I can see is he can get out, he can run those sprints, he can run the play action when he needs to. So I think he's mobile enough to be that true pocket passer, and I'm also assuming that a lot of teams are going to want to get after him to be that true guy, not getting out there as running as much maybe as Justin Fields did. And Ohio State did have to change some things uh, for him, I think, for the better. So I don't think it's not that he he can't run. He'll never be a guy that is going to run often. You know, maybe a few play designs here. But I do think he's like Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and guys that, you know, if he gets in space, he can make plays. There's a play. It's actually the first um, touchdown he scored at Ohio State when he was backing up. Justin Fields in his first year, I think it was Michigan State, he ripped off a 51-yard touchdown run. You know, So he's athletic. He can do it. Um, but I think he's just where he was at with Ohio State and I think maybe where he's at in the NFL. He can beat you in the pocket, so why not just stay there? And you mentioned that Ohio State, they've kind of got a receiver factory there. Do you think that that adds to the knock of, hey, he's got these great receivers and the um, what, what would you say the fear of Ohio <laughs> State quarterbacks? Yeah, no, I think it's a fantastic point because as you're evaluating, uh, I think I could throw to Marvin Harrison. Like, that's how open he gets sometimes uh, playing some of these teams. And watching the national championship game, you see just why he's going to be the first wide receiver next year, no question at all. But it can be. I think um, I go back to just nitpicking it a little more of watching, like, even when Harrison is open, right? Like, even when Marvin is open, where is C.J. Stroud putting that football, right? Is he still putting it away from the defenders? Is he still putting it in a good spot for Harrison to make a catch and run after the catch, which I think is something they were very good at last year. So I think it is a knock, but not enough of a one that, you know, I, I think would scare a team off. Talking right now with Matt Fontana from ESPN Cleveland here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So I did want to ask a couple, about a couple other Ohio State guys, and like I said, I feel like C.J. Stroud is going to be going number one overall. But looking at the offensive line, you got Paris Johnson Jr., uh, Dewan Jones, uh, both could be bookends if if need be. Uh, what do you see from those guys, and, and do you think that those guys' game translates to the NFL? I do, and the biggest thing is size. I mean, Dewan Jones is is just an absolutely massive human being. I know he had that medical thing pop up. 
uh, during the combine. Some teams are rechecking on him, but um, you know that's kind of been an underrated thing for Ohio State over the last couple of years. Is they actually have been able to turn out a few offensive line prospects. Taylor Decker up there, you know, in Detroit, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones are both going to be guys that are going to be long-term starters in the NFL. They have a center, Luke Whipler. He's probably going to be a second to probably maybe even third round pick. Uh, I think he's got a bright future to go along the lines of guys like Corey Lindsley uh, that are in the, the pros coming out of Ohio State. So quietly, Ohio State's turned out a, a couple of nice offensive line prospects uh, over the years, but I think these two uh, might be some of the best. I, I think Paris Johnson, you know, it's him and the, the Northwestern kid as far as uh, some of the top tackles go. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be, I think Skaronsky's his name, the, yeah. the kid out of Northwestern. Yep. I think he'll probably go. I've seen him a lot, like, what, 8, 9, 10? But I think Paris Johnson will be a top a top 15 pick for sure. All right, before we let you go, Matt, I know that uh, it, at ESPN Cleveland, you guys talk a lot about the Browns. You talk about Deshaun Watson. Me and you talked a lot about Lamar Jackson last night, and Lamar's in this situation because of Deshaun Watson. So I wanted to ask you this just for S's and giggles. Uh, if the Browns had the opportunity, who would they rather have as their starting quarterback, in your opinion, Deshaun or Lamar? You know, I think the tough thing is you, we've watched Lamar kind of stick it to us for so long, so there's always that. You know, the, the you know we had uh, a former player for the Browns, Joe Hayden. He played here for yeah. quite a long time. As soon as he left, where did he go? Pittsburgh. And it's like, these guys beat us down for so much. I'm going to go join. You can't beat them. You join them. Um, I would still, I mean, I would still probably say to Sean Watson, um, I just think his future is a little bit, you know, we've talked about the injuries. We've talked about these things. So I would say probably uh, Deshaun Watson, they got to be happy with their decision. Well, either way, man, both of those guys are, well, Deshaun's already paid. Lamar's going to get paid somehow, some way. We don't know when and we don't know by who. I'm assuming it's going to be Baltimore, but we will see. Well, Matt, fantastic stuff, man. I'm sure you had a fun show uh, all week long on ESPN Cleveland. It was uh, a pleasure to do a couple shows with you on ESPN Radio as well. And uh, thanks for your time, and we'll have to catch up soon. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. There he goes. Matt Fontana, ESPN Cleveland on Twitter at Matt Fontan 83 That's F-O-N-T-A-N-83. Does a fantastic job with ESPN Cleveland and uh, was a lot of fun to do shows with the last couple nights on ESPN Radio. 427 is the time. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to the high school ranks. Shadow Ridge High School coach Matt Nicewanger. He is the Tom Flores High School football coach of not the week, but of the year. Of the year, Craig, and there was a nice uh, celebration at Allegiant Stadium last night. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the fact that his team is two-time state champs. We'll do it all next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Make your voice heard on the JT The Brick Show. Weekday afternoons from noon to 2 p.m. On your home of the best Raiders coverage anywhere. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Part of the Las Vegas Sports Network. Find out who's dancing, where they're playing, and who got left out. It's the Selection Sunday Show, Sunday at 3 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. To you by Jaguar Land Rover Henderson, a luxury dealership located at the Valley Auto Mall or online at jlrhenderson.com. Think it can't get hotter? The housing market is no joke, but that doesn't mean you can't sell and buy a house today. To do it, though, you'll need a no-joke real estate agent, and Realty One Group is the number one brand in Las Vegas. 11 years running with the best professionals in the business. We simplify the process, take care of the details, and make sure we're the ones you call back when you're ready to sell and buy again. Las Vegas is the home of Realty One Group, and we'll continue to give back to the community that has given us so much.
It's JT. The valley is growing. More cars on the road, more cars from out of town. If you get into an accident, you need superior attorneys who can help you along the way and guide you through everything you need to do to make sure you get fair compensation. That's at the Castaverde Law Group. Proud partners of Raider Nation Radio. Alex DeCastaverde is a Raider fan, and he counts on me to get the word out. If you get into an accident, call 702 702- Two 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 nine 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 nine. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's turbo high output engine, delivering impressive power with no compromise durability. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends, this is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. See your Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Get in the game at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Catch all your favorite teams on the state-of-the-art 60-foot video wall. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar has amazing food and drink specials like you call it cocktails for 12 bucks, beer buckets for 35 and great deals on pitchers. Come early for the weekend breakfast specials with bottomless mimosas and Bloody Mary pitchers. The betting kiosks are open 24-7 and parking and valet are always free. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Must be 21 or older. Please read responsibly. Management reserves all rights. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone line is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award recipient. That's Coach Matt Nicewanger from Shadow Ridge High School, two-time state champion, back-to-back state champions, and as mentioned, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award recipient. And Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. How good does it feel to be a back-to-back state champion and also, like I said, a recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award? Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. It was an awesome season. Great way to finish out winning the championship. The girls really came together and and pulled it, pulled it out. It was great coaching them. I feel so fortunate having such a great team. And then really the recognition from the Raiders with this kind of stuff is just kind of the icing on the cake. I really appreciate everything they do and you know, it is really quite an acknowledgement. I feel really humbled by the Raiders doing that for for me. Well, you know, every program, their goal is always to win a state championship. And for you guys to be able to do that now twice, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, I mean that really is. It shows that you guys are really clearly building something. And, and all of a sudden now, the expectations are going to really be high. How do you go about just kind of building the program up and, and getting all the buy-in from the young ladies on the team? Um, yeah, it, it is... I, I've been really impressed with them. They, they've really embraced their role. They've really accepted what we asked them to do and bought into the program and the philosophy. Um, I, I, I think a lot of it is I've, I've got great staff. I've got great girls. And one of the main things I want to make sure we do is we create a culture where we care about each other and we care about each other's success. We talk about celebrating success a lot, and we do that with each other. And I have these girls celebrate success of their peers and their teammates as well we we do team mvps um every every game and i have the girls decide those and they've got to talk talk um, to each other and give it to other girls and talk nicely about them and i think that i think that helps to build a culture of caring and and i try to lead by example as well i really care about these girls i express that they mean a lot to me and i think that helps them you know, realize I'm not just there to win. I'm there because I want them to be better people and better young ladies. And then I feel like me leading by example, it rolls downhill from there. And 
we really do have a, a culture and a, and a program that we care for each other by the end of the year, every year. You know, Coach, you just said something that really stood out to me is it's not just about wins and losses, even though winning, obviously, state championships is fantastic. But you're also a mentor. You're also a friend. You're, you know, a father figure to some. How important is it that they do realize that it's not just about wins and losses, that you're there for the better of them, trying to make them better young ladies in our society? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've, I've been teaching and coaching for 20 years, and I, I think that's one of the things that's changed with some of these younger kids coming up. They, they really want to know that you care about them. They want a relationship with you more than just a teacher and a coach. They want somebody who cares and somebody who's going to value them more than just the athlete they are in the field. And, and it is weird. It's, you know, I'm a middle-aged person now, and I kind of chuckle because it, it is weird. I, I'm a father myself, and it is weird. Other people kind of looking at me as a father figure, and I do take that really important. Um, one of the messages that I was relaying this year, and, and one of the, the moms, and she's actually a co-worker of mine on, on the team, she, she felt like that was one of the best messages I've ever given the girls, and it was that I kept telling them, they're enough. And that's all. I, I didn't want them to feel extra pressure. All they needed to do was perform to their ability. And, you know, I think that translated to realize that in your life as well. Whoever you are, whatever you are, it's enough just to be who you are, be the best you can be. And that's all we need. That's all we needed as a team. And I think in life, if you can accept that and roll with that, even as a middle-aged man, I know that's hard. But, you know, if these young women can learn that at a young age and young men as well. I think that's a valuable lesson to learn as soon as you can in life. No, it is. And uh, I think that goes for anybody, <laughs> right? I think that's a heck of a lesson for anyone listening to to really realize that that they are enough. I think that that's a, a great lesson. I'm sure that that was really perceived well and taken in well by the young ladies on your team. Again, we're talking with Coach Matt Nicewanger here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award. And Coach, how important is it that the Raiders are an organization that's not just playing at Allegiant Stadium, playing in Las Vegas, but also very active in the community with the schools and, and a lot more than that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Raiders have been incredible. I really can't express the, how much they've elevated the sport for us. Um, I mean, really, we're doing our all-star game out of their facility again. We've they invited us and we had our state championships out of their facility. This will be the third year in a row that they've sponsored the all-star game for us. And, and just as soon as you mention Raiders or NFL, you get some more attention. And if we didn't have that, you know, we would get even less attention than we do now. And, and it is interesting to be on the other side. I mean, I, I'm a football guy and I played college football and high school football. And, you know, you know to be on the other end where now I'm coaching women, uh, pressing for some equality and some attention and things like that, we wouldn't get that kind of stuff without the Raiders. So I really appreciate that from them and it really has helped to elevate our sport. Yeah, and you know, one thing about the sport being elevated that I'm excited about as I have a you know a son that's playing D2 basketball right now at Western Oregon is the fact that you can get a college scholarship, right? I mean, you can get a college oh, yeah. scholarship for girls' flag football. What an opportunity for the young ladies, not only to have fun in high school, but take their talents to the next level and help them get their education paid for. Oh, for sure. It's an incredible thing. I, I'm so excited for the girls. I, um, I've got three girls that are playing right now that, that are on scholarship. 
I've got two girls in this graduating class of 23 that have received scholarship offers and are going to go play. There were a couple other girls who had scholarship offers from this class as well, but just wanted to pursue something else. And it's an awesome opportunity. They get to go try a new area of the country. They get to continue doing the sport they love. And I mean, college sports, it's an incredible opportunity. And the the memories that they'll gain from that and the confidence and the, the doors that will open from that it is incredible for these young ladies. There's no doubt about it. Again, like I said, I, I get excited about that. Just knowing that they have an opportunity to go in, like you said, uh, you know, seek out new uh, adventures, right? And travel and, and go in and go on to college and, and have an opportunity to get their college uh, paid for by way of scholarship and girls flag football. So when you win a state championship, what's next coach? I mean, when, when, how long do you enjoy this? And then you start thinking about, okay, well, Next year, we got to do it again. <laughs> uh, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. Right. I, I, I want to enjoy it as, as much as I can. Um, I, I've got a great administration here, and my, my principal, Miss um, Tracy Cannon, she likes to tease me. She's like, how long are you going to ride this? Are we going to ride this all the way till next November? And I'm like, yeah, if I can. I'll ride it as long as I can. So, you know, I, I, I want to keep enjoying it, and – I don't want to think about that yet. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, is there a 3 P coach? I'm like, I don't know. I We just finished now. Let's enjoy this. And we'll worry about next season come November. You know, I want to enjoy it as long as possible. Was this team made up of uh, a lot of upper class uh, class women or, or is it is it kind of evened out where it's, you know, younger and older? Uh, it was really even, to be honest. We only um, had eight seniors on the team. Okay. And we had a lot of valuable players and contributors that are underclassmen. I mean, we had a couple of freshmen, some sophomores even. So we do, you know, and I feel fortunate. We've got a lot of great talent coming back and a lot of great young ladies coming back. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future as well. Yeah, no, that's that's always good. I mean, they, they have that experience, right? They've been there, done that. So uh, when it is time to start thinking about, you know, the, the next run, at least they've been there, done that, and they can help the ones that are just coming in like, hey, this is how we do it. Again, you've got a culture now going there at Shadow Ridge, and you got some expectations. So that's got to be fun and a fun challenge. Like I said, not trying to rush you to next year already, but it, it's got to be a fun little challenge knowing that, you know, the expectations are, are there now. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it is, you know, I – Definitely have a sense of pride feeling like, wow, you, this is something that we've built this into a really cool program and that you know, people look at us in a certain way and that's nothing that I would have expected a few years ago. And I, I'm really proud of what we have accomplished here. And again, I mean, the ladies are the ones that buy in and they're the ones that have to go out and execute it. And I feel really, really fortunate, the group of, of students overall we have out here at Shadow Ridge. We're a great community and a great part of town. That's part of it, too. When you win a state championship, you're not only doing it for your school, your program, but also your community. And that's what I've learned from high school football on the, on the boys' side of things and the girls' side of things. Is that's also uh, community coming together. And, and we really need our communities to come together, Coach, as you know, uh, to take care of our youth and help raise them into young uh, men and women in our society. And so uh, you're doing great work there at Shadow Ridge, and, and I really respect respect all high school coaches, like I said, both boys and girls, uh, because, again, it's more than just wins and losses. Well, Coach, congratulations again on second state straight uh, state championship. Also, the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year uh, award recipient. It's very well earned, and uh, we thank you so much. Enjoy this, and and uh, good luck next year, Coach. <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me and bring attention to our sport, too, and these awesome young ladies who are out there working their butts off. Again, congratulations, Coach Matt Nicewanger, Shadow Ridge High School, uh, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year Award, something that the Raiders take very, very seriously on the boys' and girls' side of things. I think it's very important that they're uh, very – 
uh, active in our community. It's not just they play at Allegiant Stadium, they play in Las Vegas and practice in Henderson, but they really take care of the community. And I think that the job that they've done uh, with the high schools around the area has been second to none. So we definitely appreciate the Raiders for that as well. 440 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show, close out the week. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Been a very active show today. It's gone in many different directions. Started off talking about Brandon Parker re-signing with the Raiders. Good depth piece, in my opinion. Also, they uh, they re-signed uh, Horstead, uh, the, the tight end. That's good. He was a restricted free agent. So Brandon Parker and Jesper Horstead both re-signed today. And again, it's just... Just minor little, you know, moves that they're making. Nothing major. Minor little move that they're making before free agency opens up, at, you know, in next week. They have tampering period starts on Monday, and then officially the league opens up on Wednesday. So uh, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking going on with the Raiders and all the other teams across the league. So started out with Brandon Parker. Had some fun with that. We started talking about free agency, then all of a sudden the big trade came down with the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears, where Carolina moves up from 9-1. to one. Chicago moves back all the way to 9, gets a nice little return. I thought that they probably could have got a little bit more, but okay, they got a nice little return. And now Carolina controls the draft, and they get to go and take whoever they want at number one. They can roll with C.J. Stroud, who I think that they're going to go and, and get. He's the odds-on favorite right now at, at, at minus 320 to go and uh, be the number one overall pick. They could go Bryce Young, who most likely will go to Houston at number two. Then you have... The Cardinals at number three, don't know what they're going to do. They may trade out of that spot for a team that's looking for a quarterback, and, and the quarterbacks that should be left after the first two picks are Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, or Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, whatever direction and whatever order you want to put them in. You, you pick your flavor, but all of a sudden, the pool for the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, has gotten a little bit smaller, at least in the top ten in the first round. Hendon Hooker, he's going to play a role in this. He could end up in the first round at some point. I don't think top ten. I don't even think top 15, but when you get to the 20s, I think you're, you're starting to have conversations about Hendon Hooker. So uh, he's going to play a factor in this, and obviously a later round quarterbacks are going to play a factor as well. But I just look at the, the quarterbacks in this draft outside of the big five, and Hendon Hooker being the fifth one, I don't see a lot of franchise quarterbacks, in my opinion. Not, that doesn't mean that they can't develop into one. I just don't see it right now. So we'll see where that goes. But we'd love to hear from you as we close out the week real strong. Again, had a very good show. Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com joined the show. Carolina Teague from ESPN 97.5 in Houston joined the show. Mr. Harry L, Vegas Vipers, he joined the show. Matt Fontana from ESPN Cleveland joined the show. Coach Matt Nicewanger, Shadow Ridge High School joined the show. I mean, it's been fast and furious, and now it's your turn. 702-365-9200. ABA Ivan Davis, it's been a minute. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's happening, Q? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, DeMar? <laughs> what's up? Always got to shout out to my boy, DeMar, too. But uh, just picking up the little bit uh, that I listened to, uh, pretty good trade uh, by Chicago. But my thing, I'm going to go in the quarterback who I think the Raiders should be looking for is next year. Okay. So what I would do, let's just say one of them quarterbacks is still there and we're at seven. Okay, I will trade down, grab their first-round pick next year. Hopefully still stay in the first round. I wouldn't do it if it was like a second-round pick or something. Okay, and then use that as capital to get the quarterback who we really want. Not saying that we're going to lose. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if we have to trade both picks and whatever we have to 
to go get next year's team. I remember what you said. That's the generational quarterback. We got to get this right. Remember his comment, even if it's not this year. Tell my man Stidham, here's your chance. You, you take the reins, or we go a different direction next year. All right. Thank you, ABA Ivan Davis. Appreciate the call, my man. Uh, I thought that you were done with your call there. I think I think that you were. I, I got the idea and the gist of what you're saying. Uh, basically, don't don't worry about uh, the quarterbacks this year. Go and get the guy next year, the generational talent that we all believe a Caleb Williams is. Uh, that's a good direction to go. Uh, who knows where the Raiders are going to be picking in the draft. So if they have to move up to go get them, we saw what the Bears just gave up to move up from 9 to 1. What would the Raiders have to move up depending on where they're at? Hopefully they're not in the top 10. At least that's how I feel. I don't know if all the Raider Nation feels that way, but that's how I feel about the subject matter. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, Damon? Raider Dave in Denver. Raider Dave, Denver. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, my carrot cake brother. <laughs> that's right. Um, I, you know, we've got a lot of things in common, and I, I've been wanting to call. I've just been too busy working. Jimmy G, G stands for garbage. No thanks, man. I, I, there's, there's just no way. And I don't know what he, what his number is going to be, but I bet it's going to be less than the 40 that Carr was going to make. But what is Stidham going to do? Here's the thing. I think Stiddy's in a real good spot to try to press because if he rolls somewhere else, man, what kind of, a, what kind of wake is that going to leave? with the Raider quarterback room. I mean, I, I get that they probably didn't see much that they liked with or loved with Chase. Otherwise, you know, he would have probably had a little more uh, say in all this or, or a little more play, you know, throughout the year. I thought maybe that last game they might have thrown a couple his way in, in Kansas City, but it didn't work out that way. So I'm glad to see Parker back. I kind of wonder about what's going to happen with Foster Morrow because – he played pretty darn good last year. He's the best blocking tight end the Raiders have. And as far as the three tight end set, you know, they've got the three they need. I just don't know if they're going to let him march or not. What do you think? Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I have a feeling that they're going to let Foster test the market and see what happens. And if a team is willing to go ahead and throw some nice coin at him, then they'll probably let him go. Just my gut feeling. I don't know. Um, I, I like what he brought to the table. I thought he was a little inconsistent at times, though. Uh, you know, he, he had an issue putting the ball on the ground at times. So uh, for me, he wasn't a priority to bring back. But, I mean, again, he's, he's, he's obviously liked a lot in the locker room. Uh, he's got a really good rapport, and, and that does mean something. Those guys do mean something, to have glue guys in the locker room and guys that the rest of the team uh, could really look up to and respect. And Foster is definitely one of those guys. So maybe they don't. Maybe they you know, decide to sign him or re-sign him before uh, free agency opens up next week. But I, I kind of have a feeling that they're going to let him test the waters and see what happens. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Who's up next, Damon? Raider Man 29 from Oregon. All right, there you go. That's a hell of a name calling from Oregon. Welcome in. Joe, how you doing? Fantastic. I, the second time I've called in and talked to you, I went by Ron uh, the last time gotcha. here in Brooklyn, Oregon. You know, um, I have all. I, I I believe that they're going to hold on to their pick and they're going to roll with it the way it is. Either they're going to keep the pick or they're going to trade down. I really believe that. How many times do you get this many draft picks and and the free agency money you have? And, and you could make you could literally turn that defensive around overnight. And I have all the faith in the world over their drafting. You know, everybody talks about him, McDaniel's when he was in Denver, and they, he picked uh, Tim Tebow. Well, we picked uh, Demarcus Russell too, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But nobody talks about. 
their draft classes besides him. And in the two years he was there, they drafted Eric Decker, Demetrius Thomas, Noshan Marino, Vaughn Miller, Robert Ayers, and Virgil Green. I would say that's a pretty damn good draft class. That's a good point. Have a, 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 a look it up because yeah, I I was that's why I got faith these guys are going to get it done. All right, but, good uh, good good stuff. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, was he Raider Man twenty nine out of Oregon or or just Ron? Let's just call him Ron. Yeah, we can just call him Ron. Ron's cool. <laughs> but no, I mean it brings up a good point. And uh, I saw Orlando Franklin who played with the Denver Broncos for a long time, and I've actually done some radio shows with him as well. Uh, he had tweeted out or left some or put some kind of message out there, and he said he never played under Coach McDaniels, but he said he was he was thankful for Coach McDaniels getting him to Denver. Like it was because of something that Coach McDaniels did and I, I have to go back and find it and see exactly what he said. But he said, hey, there you know, there was some actually some really good draft picks that they made uh, they got that team where it needed to be and he was part of uh, them bringing him into the to the mix. So there's that. I just think Last year when Dave Ziegler and company went and was able to get into the draft because they made the move for Devontae Adams, I felt like they didn't you know, they didn't go in there with their guns blazing because they didn't have a first and a second round pick. And this is what intrigues me about this year. And I know there's a lot of Raider Nation that's not sold on this staff. And that's okay because they haven't proved anything yet. There isn't anything they proved. I thought they did decent for what they, uh, what they were working with last year in the draft. But again, that's, that, that's just my thoughts. So they haven't had a full you know, allotment of draft capital. They have that. And then some. A lot of teams don't have 11 draft picks. The Raiders have 11. And like Ron just said, you could turn a team around pretty fast with that many draft picks. Now, that, you know, that would mean that you're hitting on three or four of those guys. But that's not impossible. If you have 11 cracks at it, and if you trade back one or two times, you may have more than that. Just like we mentioned yesterday when the compensatory picks rolled out, you know, that gives them the opportunity to be really picky with their draft. They could say, you know what? I know we're sitting here at this certain spot, but we'll go ahead and package our second or our third round pick and our and our fifth round pick and move up and get this guy because this is the guy that we really want to target. It gives them flexibility in the draft. They could turn this thing around, and this is a draft where there's a lot of defensive guys that could really help out the team. So yeah, I, I could see I could see this thing shaking out many different ways. The one thing that they can't do, they can't blow free agency, obviously, right? Whoever they bring in, they've got to be able to be contributors. And I think contribute at a higher level than what you saw from Chandler Jones last year. There's no doubt. He can't be, he, he can't be the example of what you bring in in free agency. You've got to be able to bring in guys that can contribute. And I know they went after a bunch of one-year guys like Anthony Averett. Didn't do anything. Bilal Nichols was okay. Andrew Billings I thought was actually really good as a one-year guy. I thought he did a really good job for what he was. I don't think he's a starting you know, D-tackle in the league. But for what he is, I thought he, was a, I thought he played a, a good role. Other guys, they need to make sure that they hit on. Right, Rocky Yassine, they took a shot on him. If they bring him back, that's cool. But I don't think he needs to be the starting defensive back. That's just me. I don't think that he really was all that in, uh, in, in 2022. I think he had moments where he was decent. But I would like to see him more as depth as well. So if they bring him back, hopefully bring him back as depth. Uh, other guys, you know, they, they brought in. That's cool. But it wasn't really anything overwhelming. So I, I would like to see them really do well, get a couple guys that they feel very confident in in free agency, that are going to be able to really help contribute to the team immediately. And then the biggest thing that they can't do is just not blow the draft. If you have 11 draft picks, you cannot blow it. You've got to come out of that draft with at least three starters. At least. 
And you know, you won't really know how good these guys are until a little bit later on, but you can still get a pretty good idea, <laughs> right? I mean, if you get a, a defensive dude and all of a sudden he goes out there and he is a dude, like say you go with the best defensive player that's on the board at number seven, that's the guy that you expect to be a starter and a big-time contributor. You come up with a, a corner or two in the draft, one of those guys should end up being a starting corner, right? I mean, and, and other staffs have gotten it, gotten lucky. I say lucky. I mean, fortunate enough to have like a Max Crosby fall to the fourth round and fall in their lap. And Max was, was, uh, had the work ethic to go and do the rest. Nate Hobbs fell in their lap in the fifth round. He had the work ethic to do, you know, do the rest to get into the starting lineup. And again, you got to give that previous staff credit for being able to identify those guys. I don't want to take anything from them and say that they you know, just got lucky. I mean, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot with the draft. You kind of know that. But you know, they scouted them out. Hunter Renfro scouted them out. So those are good ones. But you got to come out of the draft with at least, at least three starters and some depth as far as I'm concerned. Because, again, that's the biggest problem that the Raiders have is the fact that they don't have depth. One guy goes down, all of a sudden it's like, ruh now what? Not enough talent backing up the talent. So they've got to be able to do that, capitalize on that, capitalize on what they have and all the draft capital that they have in the upcoming draft. So no matter what they decide to do, move up, move back, whatever the case may be, you just got to come out with some quality players both in the draft and you got to come out with some quality players in free agency. So that's going to do it for today's show. DeMond, fantastic job as always. Definitely appreciate you. Raider Nation, appreciate you as well. We'll be back on Monday. Make sure you work, wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Clay, Heidi, and Vinny, JT at noon, and me and DeMond, 2 to 5, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a great weekend.